Here we go. Cheers, buddy. Shawnee boy, cheers. Happy hump day, gentlemen. Hump to hump. Hump. D hump to hump. I said hump. Uh, hump to hump. I said hump. Uh, hump to hump. We're gonna hump, 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 and go. One, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of a show regular. My name is Jonesy, and with me is Sean, Matt, and. Did you leave David at the store? Uh, you know, gentlemen, today was an interesting day. Very much so, mainly because I I am somebody that would just wants to do everything with people that I really love and care for. And it was just one of those days where it, the the scheduling of certain people and things like that just didn't work out to my benefit. So, David, you're always going to be missed. <laughs> he laughs as he says it, David, by the way. He may give this big eulogy and he just stiffs you in the rear end. <laughs> no, man. I feel bad because I told you guys, I was like, hey, uh, we're going to record Saturday. And then um, I was like, oh, my schedule shifted. So let's let's, you know, sh- record today. And then I got a phone call from my buddy, my good buddy that's came by the house. And uh, he was like, hey, man, I'm moving and it would be really great to see you. And I was like, well, I got this podcast thing that I'm doing. You'd be really fun on it if you want to come and do that thing. And he's like. That sounds like a good time. So I was like, all right, cool. Then let's let's do that. <laughs> no bullshit. Mm-mm. Six o'clock rolls around and he's like, hey, I'm bringing so-and-so with her kids. And I'm like, uh, mm. uh well, uh. that's not going to be very helpful <laughs> because <laughs> I got this shit planned out. This is what I'm doing right, right now. And he was like, no, it's totally cool. I want to do the podcast with you and yada, yada. And like, we'll work it out. They're like, we'll only come for like 30 minutes and we understand. And, you know, we'll eat with you and we'll, we'll leave. And I'm like, well, that's not going to fucking work. But you know what? Let's give it a go. He text messages me. 615 says, I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. I'm on my way. Doesn't show up till seven. And I'm like, God damn it, boy. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking me here, man. Oh, because now, the- you know, you know, now I'm right. like, you guys coming through and we're trying to do all this right. stuff. So what time is it right now? I don't even know what time it is. 7.50? Holy shit. Yeah. So about an hour, hour to record it. So an hour of waiting. And here's the thing, man, to be honest with you, waiting. you know, luckily you guys waiting. got fed. So that's a plus. So hopefully, you know, yeah, whatever your guilty conscience you, needs to hear, buddy. Eh, it really did. <laughs> you can't <laughs> bribe me with delicious stew. It I mean, worked, though, a little bit. Fucking, I, I mean, that's little what bit. I would it be saying. That's know. what I would be saying. If you couldn't bribe me, bribe <laughs> me with delicious <laughs> yeah. stew, which you absolutely can. I could be the most irate human being. And then if you give me something quasi tasty, I'd be like, <laughs> All right, you're good. Like you're, I, I'd pout while I ate it a you're little. You're basically and then, a grizzly bear. And then by the time I'm done, I'll be like, like, it's cool. Like it. I, yeah. I don't even remember why I was mad. You guys yeah. are just like why fucking grizzly bears. What's happening? You're what? like, I'm angry. Nom, nom, nom. I'm good. Dude, that's how I feel. Yep, to be honest to with hibernate. you, 98%, and I say literally 98% of my anger comes from me being famished. And I'm a big dude, so looking at me, no. quote unquote, famished. You you're a big dude. A <laughs> no way. I don't know. That blood sugar gets wild to crazy kids, and I'm just like, and then you give me like a morsel of something and I'm just like, I love you. I kind of start when I get that <laughs> way, I kind of start poking around like, like Winnie the Pooh looking for honey. Like, hmm. 
Notice the two differences, though. Cheeseburgers around here. <laughs> One person is like, Some I'm going to murder the cheese. children. Yeah. The other person's like, I'm just going to kindly go around. Dude, eat. I'm an asshole, man. What you I'm got? a fucking asshole when I don't eat something, dude. I yeah, feel we know. bad for my wife. I'm yeah. I can't, dude. Yeah, you guys for sure probably know, man. I feel like I'm like, I'm surprised I'm not divorced at this point when I don't eat something. Like, I will be. Oh, there's a joke in there, but I'm going to leave it there. No, no. You probably are divorced while you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, this fucking She's asshole. like, I'm filing papers. She wonders she's why. Like, she's got a folder in her purse, and, she's, and then you eat, and she's like, oh, okay, we're good. Dude, my wife literally puts <laughs> food stashes away from me. That's like, smart. I got, See, I got angry like a, one like time. Like a chipmunk? Like, a, she stores it for you to just get... And, she's got like ironically, oh all the house. ironically, they're nuts. <laughs> Wow. You are so proud of yourself. No bullshit, man. Jesus. Like I will be sitting in the car with her and we're doing whatever, you know, we're doing domestic shit, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, just saying domestic shit. violence. That's what that sounds no, it's like. More, it's more snarling. There's no physical. No, 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 it's no. Just, like just domestic snarl. shit where you're like, <laughs> no, no, it's the more. fact that you can do that in a Prius <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> it, it has a Zane's lot of room. Smallest it's the car. Prius V and uh, yeah. there's a, a nice lot name. of room. We've, nice name. You know, but she literally will go like, open up that cabinet right there oh the cabinet is that yeah. what she calls she's it she's like open up the cabinet right there she's got like or the glove compartment i don't know she has multiple compartments i don't know which one's a cabinet she like and glove compartment presses a button on the dashboard and like <laughs> little like reader like scans your face and determines you're hungry and yeah, pops yeah. food out into yeah. your mouth <laughs> Do they like like all 007 style. i feel yeah. like you don't even need a no no it's that. a totally unnecessary step but it's cooler but it's way more fun right yeah and 007 snack time yeah she keeps you know she keeps almonds or you know sunflower seeds or cashews or a mix of brazilian nuts or whatever you know like she's just like here take a handful of those things and stop being a fucking dick it's aggressive <laughs> don't you fucking get on your high horse over there matt and don't tell me that you don't get ornery when you're hungry no because i'm a human being we actually no. have it on the- i simply that's what makes have- you less human being if you don't get angry ornery as a human being satiate my appetite when i know i'm getting hungry i don't postpone it i don't <sighs> none of this dilly dally it's like oh i feel the tremors of a nibble coming let's go ahead and deal with it that means to me you're not doing enough work <laughs> i didn't disagree with you did i <laughs> I do the most amount of work with the minimal amount of effort. Dude, I'm telling you, man, like I'll go through my day and I'll have breakfast. Like that's the meal that I'll like. I'll have coffee and I'll have some breakfast, whether it's like oatmeal or some scrambled eggs, something right. Like, and it's a decent meal. But then halfway through the day, I'm like, fuck, I'm really hungry. But I have like two more meetings to go to and I have this project I got to get to by the end of the day because I got a final meeting. So then I'm like. It just one thing stacks on top of the other. And by the time the end of the day comes, like, fuck, I didn't even eat lunch. And I've only had that one meal. And I, my wife comes home and she's adorable when she comes home, man. She's like, hi, babe. How you doing? How you doing? It was amazing. I love you. And I'm like, God damn it. Fuck you. Uh, don't don't take that that way, honey. <laughs> oh I, really love you. I love you, too. I love you. I'm just really hungry. I'm just really hungry. Don't divorce me. You literally are working from home. You have all of the elements to feed yourself. Yes, you think that. But at the same time, you don't realize when you are like locked in getting a deadline done Mm -hmm. and you have meetings in between. So like finding the time to get up and actually go make something or put something together. Not as easy as you will think. Here's a novel idea. Here's a novel idea. Plan ahead? Fuck yes. you! You know, just make a sandwich the night before. Or fucking Grubhub or no, DoorDash. No, Grubhub is so... No, and Grubhub's ridiculously expensive. Okay, I was just throwing out there, like, you have options for people to deliver you shit 100%. while you work. <laughs> to be honest with you, let's be completely blunt. I just need to stop being lazy. 
Yeah, I can see that. All right. I just need to stop being lazy and plan ahead. You know what I mean? And just have something ready to go to grab and put in my fucking face for like five minutes. Because we goddamn well know I don't I'm not the son of a bitch that's gonna sit there and say, Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have myself a nice meal, I'm gonna sit down, and it's gonna be like thirty minutes, and I'm just gonna enjoy every bite that I have. No. I'm a guy that just shoves it in my mouth. I don't really taste it even. I just fucking it's put just, it in. Just wood on the fire. That's Boom. all it is. Done. You know what I mean? And then back to the next thing. I don't even do that. Yeah. I don't even do that. And then I'll get, I'll, you know, I'll get on. You're right like, there. if I could cut out chewing and just cram it into my throat and be done. Yeah. That's, that's what she said. I'd be all right. Yeah. All right. I don't even think I chew very much. If you could do that, there's your OnlyFans. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> oh, there it is. A little mukbang. Comment below oh, if you like No muk, more. A little mukbang. How that. did we get Comment on Comment below topic. if you'd like to see Gary's OnlyFans. Oh, my God. If you guys want to, I will eat whatever you want on OnlyFans. For that... I mean, uh, that's a dangerous. Path. Well, not not whatever you want. I mean, like there's a limit to what I'll eat. But at the same time, I think uh, I'm open. I'm open to all types of things. Yeah, it'll be like, you know, only fans slash feed the bears. <laughs> it's Could called a zoo. Yeah. It's exactly called a zoo. <laughs> all the signs say don't feed the bears. Right. But why? Why? But yeah. why? Because <laughs> they'll oh fucking eat you, too. <laughs> oh, well, gentlemen, how's your guys week been so far? Well, you know. I'm wondering how we got on that tangent because you're talking about your friend and then it was just like, Boop. fly birdie. We're gone. You know what? It's gone. Okay. It's gone. We're moving on. You know what? We're moving it came, on to it all went. of this. It moved on. I guess if. Guess we're not moving on. To close it out. We need to be complete with it, I suppose. I think nothing. That's what I think. Wow. I'm out. I think I think the uh, that wasn't lazy at all. I think I think the, <laughs> I think that segment could be so best brutal. closed by Matt. What do you do in this time of human malware to keep yourself fueled through the day? To keep what, kind of, what kind of routine do you take on that keeps you from becoming a hangry Gary? Oh, dude, I usually just eat and then I'll like exercise. You or just like stop I'll, when you need to stop and do what you need to do. No, I'll like I'll be there and then I'll just do a DoorDash so that it times out so that when it's like exactly the time for my lunch, I'm just Fuck like, you. there it is. DoorDash is ridiculously expensive. Okay, so follow up question: What's it like being a normal functioning human being? Not bad. Hmm. Got some ups and downs, you know. I don't believe too crazy. It. Is there a class? I don't you it. This is a for facade. There's a facade. This is a facade. I don't believe spell it. Spell it. I don't know. <laughs> fucking spell it. That's right. <laughs> this is a facade. Uh, I don't believe it. I think there is probably things that you do that are. <laughs> I'm trying to be delicate with this. I know I'm you're really pussy. trying Just to be it. delicate. I feel like there's things that you do that's probably geared towards uh, you getting hangry. Oh, you're not well hangry. aware. Of. I thought you were talking about something completely different. No, no, don't no. Mind me. I think there are things that you do that. Well, no, Gary, don't kink shame, man. You're good. Yeah, no. Oh, it's not even a kink. <laughs> Teo. You're asking me if I get hangry? Hangry? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten hangry before. Well, that's but, what I'm saying. You're, making, you're basically making me feel like a fucking idiot over here for getting hangry. Oh, first you're just off, like, I can't I make you feel angry. anything you, you don't already like feel. Human being. Uh, first off, I didn't sound like fucking you 100% sound like that. We took a demon poll. dog. We took a poll and, and they shoved said it up your ass. Exactly ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ladies, what? You're both pretty. Thank you. Okay, you Thank you. you I'm prettier fight. than him. Let's be real. Well, I have a bigger dick, so, so that's not entirely false. Well, pull it out. Let's see it. I'm okay. Yeah, I didn't exactly. bring my tweezers. Well, I didn't bring my magnifying glass. So how about oh, that? See, <laughs> we're both ill prepared. Damn it. Um, no, I mean, I get hangry, but like, I've never. 
when I do, I usually just sulk internally. Like I don't express it. I'll just get really pissy and like just I'll do. I think mine's worse start actually. The more I think mistakes. about it, yeah. No, please, mine's, thank you. No, mine's worse actually because I start um, imploding, doing passive aggressive little fucking things. Like it's just the worst. <laughs> like I'll, I feel, I feel really bad one time. I just my girlfriend. I uh, I was super hungry and you know and she was doing other things. And so all I did was I got up, I went to the fridge and I looked inside of it and then I just shrugged and closed it. And then she looked at me, she's like, are you hungry? She's like pouting, like, like a little I kid was just doesn't pouting know what to like do. like a fucking child. She's like, are you hungry? And I was like, yeah. Oh my she's God. She's like, why what, didn't you just There's nothing in there that you want to actually eat? And you're like, mm-hmm. no, I just, you want, like, you want nom noms, little guy? Hmm? Well, she's like, is there anything that looks good? And I was like, yeah, I just, I just don't really want to. <laughs> so I think mine's worse. I think mine is worse just because it's like subtle and slightly manipulative. Right. Um, so, Start yeah. Like, yeah. Gaslighting? Uh, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. food right. gaslighting. Hungry gaslighting. I mean, there's we'll a lot of other ways we can, like, gaslight way worse than that, though. Oh, yeah. To be honest, that's not that bad. No, it's not bad. I mean, Could be a lot worse. I'm the dude that goes in the refrigerator and there's food everywhere, but it's, like, healthy food. I'm just like, Ugh. I mean, that's understandable. Can I just, it just doesn't taste good. Can I just have a fucking cheeseburger, please? And my wife's just like, no. Wait, Sean, what do you eat at night besides, you know, the blood of other people? You know, usually, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, I mean, that's what keeps you young, shiny boy, though. Consuming the life force of others. Damn straight. Is your favorite meal. Yeah. Uh, So I would say that uh, my nighttime routine, if I'm needing to fuel this brain the size of a planet, I would say... The size of a pool. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell by the size of your head, though. Well, I kind of, I kind of view like my neck and shoulders like the god Atlas, holding up this so massive my brain. God, wait, was he a god? No, I think he was a demigod. I think he was a demigod. Yeah, I think right. he was Sorry. a demigod. Sorry. Yeah. So how's that brain doing <clears throat> again? Yeah, King god? of Atlantis. You know, <laughs> it's a shitty job. By the way, you're gonna hold this. By the way, <laughs> hold this. Just hold this. Now wait. Hold my planet forever. Fuck. So uh, I. Uh, I generally keep it simple. Uh, I try to keep it to uh, just drinking water and uh, like I'll have like a English muffin with some peanut butter on it because I find it to be what the fuck it, it sates my hunger and then I don't have to eat a big meal. I feel like there's British people listening to this whole thing and being like WDF mate. You've never put peanut butter on an English muffin. Never, never. It's always just been a shit ton of butter. Oh, not peanut butter. Well, I mean, like just any kind of peanut butter based snack tends to be very. Filling. So toast or something like that always works out for me. You know, when do you eat though? What are your, like, do you have a, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm on a pretty set schedule. Are you? Yeah. I eat about uh, three to three to five times a day, depending on the quality of my diet. Yeah. Uh, if I'm eating crap, I eat like three times a day. If I'm eating healthy, I eat like five times a day. All right. All right. Um, and uh, so I would say I skip breakfast. I don't mm-hmm. generally eat until after 12 o'clock. Um, I so you do that intermittent fasting. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. I, yeah. I, I, I almost, tried that. Shit's hard. I it's try tough. not to eat past 11, but sometimes I'll eat as late as midnight because uh-huh. I'm a night owl and I'm generally awake until like 2 a.m. anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, <clears throat> I would say that, uh, yeah, it's like, like noon, 1230-ish is when I first eat. And then I eat again around 6 to 7. Jesus. And then I'll eat. Again, around yeah, 10 or 11, something light. Damn, dude. I don't stop. I My last meal is usually around 6, 37 o'clock. Oh, you say your last meal. That's so sad. I do. 
Yeah. Well, because I go to bed usually around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So we are old men, by the way. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. what, nothing gets me. Sean can't relate to this right now, but nothing gets me more excited than going to bed before like 10 p.m. Right? Oh, oh it's, it's delightful. Wonderful. I, I mean, like I can relate. I think no, you I, can't. No, no, no. Because it's happened to me before where I've done that. And you're like, and this I'm, is what I'm it's super like? proud of myself when I do oh. it. Who but can I make also, the sunrise? I also feel like I'm wasting. <laughs> I also feel like I'm wasting a massive amount of time I could be doing. Oh, you got that else. guilt complex. Don't do that. No, no. It's like, no, it's not, not guilt. It's more like I could be fucking playing video games right now. Like, like you like that FOMO? Of, First you, off, you got FOMO, so you got to stay up later? No, How no, because like I, I, I play games to recharge. It's part of how I, okay. you know, mm-hmm. don't murder people. I'm um, right there with you. I which, by the agree. way, is why I'm an advocate uh, that <gasps> uh, video games don't generate violence. They save people from they violence. They save people from violence. Agreed. Because I know I would be a much, much more angry person if I couldn't just have that break. Yeah. That'd be interesting to that see. That catharsis is very important. All right. All right. I have a... This is going to be a completely different topic shift, by the way. You two will know more about this than I would. Yeah. Um, since oh, you probably. talked about it a little bit. But apparently... I didn't realize it fucking tanked so hard, but apparently Cyberpunk 2077 was a massive disaster and they're getting yep. sued now they're by some of the workers. No, they got pulled from st- Now they're, that was a lawsuit yeah. from the people who worked on it. What the fuck happened? This was like in development for what? Well, you know, Sean, you probably have a really interesting perspective. My thought is this. I ended up buying it for the PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. originally just because I... I I liked the world and I was very curious and there was a lot of hype around it. Right. And when I played it, I actually played maybe the prologue of this game, which was, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half tops. And okay. it was just riddled with a lot of technical issues. Just the, it was very sluggish. It was very um, heavy as a game. And so it just wasn't fun for me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up deleting it and I never came back to it. Um, until this last week, I just bought a new PlayStation five. I found one by the way, for a decent price. Congratulations! Thank you. I'm very happy with my PlayStation (laughs) five other than how ugly it is. It is ugly looking from, I think it's better than the four. No, no dude. It's just the exact fucking same. No, 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 no. Every generation, they just kind of redesign it and they kind of make it look cool and new and all that jazz. This particular one looks like the the Tower of the Eye of Saruman, you know, from Lord of the Rings. It's just the weirdest. I think that's why I like it. <laughs> Maybe. I, you know what it is, really? I think Sean if it was can black, relate to it. If it was black, I think I would enjoy it a little bit more, but it's all white. That's what she said. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and there it is. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. Um. <laughs> There, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry, it's okay. It's, it's We're right. for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, sorry. I'm so sorry. No judgment. No judgment. Um, I. It's just it's white. It's all white, and I don't like things that are that white. And I'm not trying to. I understand that phrasing. I get it. What? I under hear. I hear it. Okay. She I don't. Just said, come uh, on. I couldn't Damn. not Sean killed it. do it. Sean I could not do it. It's okay. I tried. Um, from a from a design product design standpoint, I just don't mm-hmm. find the color sequencing very I don't know appealing. So when I play it, it's it's fun, it's great, it's really great mechanics. It just from a visual aesthetic standpoint, regar- can, regardless, I can see your point. I really you know can. I mean? Yeah, uh, regardless of the visual aesthetic of the of the thing, the game runs beautifully. It looks beautiful. So I haven't run into any major issues that I don't that I feel like what 
you may be hinting at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that they rushed a shit ton of this production. And Sean, you could probably talk more to this, but this was one of those games that like it was not ready to be released. They were under the pressure of um, releasing it early because of the hype. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of fucked them in the beyond in, in the long run of fucked all. Fucked them in the beyond. Yep. Fucked <laughs> them in the beyond of the game. You know? <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. Okay. Okay. Sean, Sean. the expert. Okay, so he's like, uh, yeah, I he it. rolls I'm up his sleeves. Really no one yeah, can see like, it, but he did. On. All right, be, oh you my know, god, he's yeah, about to he beat so. metaphorical in, ass. Buckle in. Okay, so modern AAA titles typically take between eight and ten years to develop. Nobody ever sees that, that. long. Yes. That's nuts. Nobody ever sees that because generally, what is it like three years for development until they actually have something that's reasonable and it's like five year production? No, uh, typically, most typically. Um, and I'm not talking about like FIFA and you know shit like yeah, that yeah, yeah. because that's all run on the same engine with just new assets. So right, all they right. have to do is generate new assets and change a few things, and they can pump out another one every year. AAA titles typically take about eight to ten years for production. Mm-hmm. You don't see that because oh. what is a AAA title? By the way, <laughs> I'm a little confused on this. My eyes are watering. <laughs> what is describe oh, a AAA yeah. title as as Gary's okay? So ass uh, juice is in your yeah. face. Triple A titles are like major releases, uh, big budget productions, hundred million dollar plus. They're the feature films of video video games. games. Okay, think like the think you know Disney, Warner Brothers, you know Paramount, those guys, those movies that come through. These are the video game studios that do that level of production. Triple A titles would include things like Doom. Uh, Eternal. Okay. Um, Over. Like, would Metal Gear Solid technically fall in that? Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. say they're 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 at least a double A. Yeah, okay. they're, they're like they're, uh, they're like the focus features. All the premier, yeah, all the they're the cream of the crop. The the big budget, big production. Yeah, you know, high end, cutting edge technology, okay. cutting edge okay. engines. Yeah, I understand. Um, and uh, so those typically aren't even announced that they exist until about two years before they're ready. Really? So then they can start generating a hype engine around all their marketing mm-hmm. and then people start getting you know they start seeing all the the big chunks of progress and not all the minutia mm-hmm. so from there you get companies like you know indie companies that have started announcing things right away is like here's what we want to make and then they go from there but then they get judged a lot for you know taking too long to release right and uh the the one the best example of this is CIG uh, uh-huh. Cloud Imperium Games with Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I was going to say, what Star Citizen did that for years already. Yeah, so they're eight years in production. Yeah, uh, they announced their their Indiegogo or GoFundMe or whatever uh-huh. their crowdsourcing campaign, uh, like 2011, 20-ish, 2011-ish. and uh, they've been in production effectively, quote unquote, production for about eight years. And so people are getting pissed. They're saying it's taking too long. All these you know rumors and this and that. Cyberpunk 2077 was announced the same year. Oh. <laughs> and uh, people forgot that. And so Cyberpunk 2077 has been being produced right along next to Star Citizen. And when people are like, where the fuck is Star Citizen? People are paying thousands of dollars for all these like virtual ships or whatever. Which, by the way, is not the largest purchase people make of virtual property. And... Um, you know, uh, that their creator, uh, Chris Roberts goes, uh, it's going to be done when it's done. (laughs) (laughs) And and in fact, he came out recently with another one. He says, in case you forgot, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously in case you forgot, it'll be done when it's fucking done. 
Yeah. I'm not going to release it early. I don't care when you want it. Yeah, I respect that. But my question mm. becomes like when you have that long of a production cycle, how do they keep <clears throat> cash flow? Uh, well, okay. So Star Citizen was an interesting situation because they were doing, um, you know, pre-purchases and you were already buying content and um, digital assets for the game previously. Right. I don't think uh, Cyberpunk was doing any of that stuff prior. So then it becomes a cash flow no. issue from a business standpoint. So that, that is one of the major differences. Um, CIG has continued to do crowdsourcing mm-hmm. throughout. So yeah. their monetization scheme right now, scheme, uh, plan yeah. uh, platform is they produce ships for this space sim. Right. And you can pay to have that ship. Well, you sorry. You can pledge quote unquote. <clears throat> and depending on how much you pledge uh, for the production of the game, you will get access to specific ships right. for your use in the open alpha. Um, <clears throat> the only thing you actually buy like legitimate, like I have paid for this product you give me now is the game package itself for 45 bucks. Uh-huh. And it comes with one free starter chip and the license for the game. Um, another fun fact is that CIG actually split the IP into two video game titles. And they actually have four, three currently upcoming four total video game modes between the two titles. Mm-hmm. So they're technically, in the strictest terms, only producing two, but technically producing four simultaneous games over the last eight years, whereas CD Projekt Red's only producing the one. Right. Now, what CD Projekt Red was doing is they had a publishing house, or were a publishing house, or I don't know exactly who funded it, but the funding, they said, here's your budget, make this game. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, Um, and they had a, I think think their budget was something like two or three hundred million or something like that. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Don't quote me on that. I could be wildly inaccurate, but I know it was it's a lot of fucking money regardless. Multi- I think it was multiple. Even if it's a hundred million dollars. You yeah. Know, what, what was the last Avengers? 200 Budget? million. Yeah. Uh, I think it was million. like 250. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, After I, P- I with think, PNA though. Uh, I don't think that included it. No. Yeah. So I think stuff. cyberpunk was about the same budget. Mm-hmm. Now they, they buckled. They said we have a release date and they didn't need to give one, but they did. And uh, then that came and went. And then they said, well, it'll be later. Well, it'll be later. And now they said, well, we're definitely releasing by the 10th of December because they wanted to get in on that holiday rush, right? Yeah. And that was a mistake because the game just wasn't ready. They were trying to, they overpromised, they underdelivered. But you know what, though? And they rushed it. I don't know, man. I think, bear in mind, I haven't gotten deeper into the game. Right now, it doesn't seem like the things that are um, issues with the game, the transition from PS4 to PS5, playing on the PS4, significant differences, okay? But it wasn't built for the PS4, in my opinion. It was built for the PS5. So if people are bitching about quality standard on the PS4, it wasn't built for you. You know, and I understood that, you know, outright. However, I haven't gotten deep enough into the game to see any of the potential other issues that I've heard was coming up. Right. Because I got a buddy of mine that played it all the way through and he didn't have any qualms. So so I don't know. I don't don't know. Well, okay. So one thing is um, you're right. 100%. Yeah. But CD Projekt Red didn't do that. They, They promised it for PS4. And they never should have. 
They wow. never, ever, ever, ever should have released it for previous gen consoles. Well, you're a PC guy. I'm a PlayStation guy, and I never, ever got the vibe that this game was meant for the PlayStation 4. Ever. Uh, no, they, but they, they flat out said it would be released on PlayStation 4. Yeah, but and I knew I knew through um, the, the understanding that it wasn't built for PlayStation 4. Yeah, but okay. You get what I'm saying, well, There's a tangent here, and I think I know what Sean's getting at. You are different from a lot of other people in terms of like you have that knowledge, these kinds of things. And for anybody who can is not fortunate enough to get a PS5, the relief coming that you can still play it on your PS4 was probably huge. It was like, oh, I can still experience this game, even though I may not have the opportunity to get a PS5 or do any of those other things. Yeah. So that opens I mean, up. I that did do that. I avenue. did, you know, I did buy it the day that it came out on my PS4 <laughs> and realized, like, God damn it. This yeah. game sucks on the PS. It really does. Right. It's horrible on the PS. Well, and it would have been <laughs> it's one extremely thing. Extremely laggy and all the all the bullshit. It, it, it would have been one thing if they had said, "Look, you can play this on your PS4, but there's no guarantees it's going to run." Yeah, you know, but that's not what they said. Ah, uh, so they or gave the illusion that like this will run just fine. Overpromised and underdelivered. <laughs> Nicely done, guys. <laughs> well played. You had one I, fucking job. Yeah, well, well, multiple jobs, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, their one job was to just not promise it to previous gen consoles. Consoles yeah. are cheap enough that you just buy the next one. Yeah. And for the most part, they that that generation of console will last you a few years. Yeah, dude, I think I've had my PS5 for like 6 years. You know, I you mean, you've had your PS5 sorry. for 6 years, sorry, Jesus, but my PS4 man. for 6 years. And this is why I'm a PC guy is because <laughs> basically dollar for dollar, yeah, I'm spending more per system. Yeah. But my systems last a lot longer and I can upgrade them as I go piecemeal. Yep. And I get to play pretty much all the same games that Until your I want to play. So you max is out and then you got to get a new motherboard. Wait, did you play the game, Sean? Uh, I have not. Okay. Uh, yeah, but but your I'm, roommate does. I'm and you've waiting. Been watching, right? I wanted to, uh, but I didn't want what happened to Fallout. Okay, now I'm a huge Fallout fan. Eh, I own I own every <laughs> Fallout video game ever made, with the exception of one that shall not be named. Yeah. Seventy four. No, actually, I own that one. What was the one that shouldn't be named then? You're gonna make me do it. Yeah, absolutely. Seventy four. No. <laughs> I don't it know. was called Brotherhood of Steel. What? And it was about the Brotherhood of Steel. And it was Superman a, story? It was a first person shooter. And it was terrible. First was person? It? Really? Was yeah. this early on in the fucking? Very early on. Okay, let's right say right after. Yeah, it wasn't 74. This was before Fallout 3. This was before Fallout 3, is right after Fallout Tactics, which back then, Fallout was an isometric turn based oh, RPG. Gotcha, oh, yeah, I have gotcha. no idea. And then they made said, the, by the way. It's like a third person <laughs> view. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so they took this awesome world this awesome you know ip and shit all over it and made it like this like crappy doom reskin oh bummer and then and i mean like i'm being really generous i don't even want to insult early editions of doom that way oh spicy yeah, yeah, yeah. like if i acquired a copy of this i would use it for all kinds of things like i don't know maybe resurfacing a table oh, okay. uh, <laughs> or uh, a cup coaster or maybe just to watch it burn oh my i would God. never I would never, ever, ever allow it to leave my possession for fear that somebody else might be subjected to it. Damn. Now, right. Damn, dude. That's, that's, a, a, that's a hefty fucking ooh. thing. <laughs> I would destroy it. Uh, that's it. Um, Fallout 76. I bought it that day it came out. I was so hyped. I was like, it was the one thing I wanted other than drivable vehicles in Fallout. And um, I wanted Fallout multiplayer. Bought it. Full, full bang. 60 bucks. It was terrible. <laughs> there it is. It was nearly unplayable. I got it. It suffered from all the same problems that, uh, that Cyberpunk 2077 suffered from. And on top of that, it wasn't anything that we were promised. It wasn't a new engine. 
It was an old engine with reskinned assets. Yeah. They, they, it wasn't just like buggy. It was a lie. Yeah. What they promised was the not true. Damn. It was untrue. The things they said about it, not just like, Oh, well it's supposed to be better. No, it was a lie. It was yeah. not factual. The things that Todd, whatever his fuck said, right, right. Totally, totally false. So I didn't want that to be the case with cyberpunk. I figured, okay, so now one more point on the fallout 76 thing is that now months and months later, they've actually made a decent game out of it. Yeah, I mean, they got well, they had tons of fixes and, and additions, stuff. right? Tons of fixes, tons more content. It wasn't rushed out to meet a deadline like it was before. They actually put people in the game, like NPCs you can talk to. Like They tried to say that the lack of any other NPCs is a feature. No, no. What that is is you didn't <laughs> Did fucking have really? time. Yeah, you didn't Jesus. fucking have time to complete your game. And so you're trying to sell us half a pile of shit and tell us it's the full Monty. Oh, Jesus. Nice. No. Nice. Wait a minute. How often does that, like, you know, I heard this game, obviously. Has there ever been a game that has been, like, rushed? Like, the way that, you know, Cyberpunk and, like, Everyone whatever. Fallout, like, yeah, Fallout 76. I'm telling you, this is, this is the. No, but have they, have they been, has one been good? Like, out of the gate, like, people were like, wow, this rushed actually. Rushed but good? Yes. Has there ever been one that it was like, damn. I can't, I can't think of one. I don't know, man, because the we're journeying into a new era of video gaming that I think is different from what we've been accustomed to. Like, the technology is finally, like, caught up enough to where they can release a game and then do updates on a game and then the game's fixed Mm -hmm. back then. I mean, even like three or four years ago, you just bought a game and it's like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, And so I don't know. I I feel like they got to get it as good as, and as close as done as possible. But over like the last five years, because of the technology, you're able to do firmware updates. I think the last triple a grade title that was released that I mean, I can't think of one that was rushed ever. Uh, not like that, the ones that not, not like, I mean, you know, fallout and 70s, I mean, and, the uh, thing is, is usually earlier, like I, it hasn't been since like PlayStation two, that a game came out that was like not delayed or released, you know, at least reasonably on time or early. I mean, they almost always release it on time. On they time, never, they never roughly, put one out yeah. early. Yeah. But usually if they delay it, they then finish it and then release it. And it's almost always dead on. Yeah, but they also have to make presses at that point though. back then. Right. But since like, I mean, since technologies like the the game engines themselves have been getting more advanced and kind of outrunning the hardware a little bit. Yeah. uh, We're entering a new era where it's kind of hit or miss as to whether or not it's going to work. Yeah. Well, because I mean, and two at the same time, like, because, you know, right now, big game companies are working in Unreal, Mm -hmm. right? Engine. And dude, I mean, some of the stuff that that company is doing with like realism Mm -hmm. and graphical stuff, like it's an amazing our computers. I mean, I got a I got a beefy fucking computer and those things are still chugging with the higher end level of graphics that that thing can push out. Wait a minute. So is the Unreal Engine. This is just me. I obviously don't know shit about it, but I remember playing Unreal Tournament way back in the day. It's the same. Is it the same company? So they built this engine. It's, a, they, it's the fourth yeah, it's iteration a, of their engine. Uh, of their engine system. Yeah. Nice. That game was kind well, of. Well, you know what's yeah, it's super I blew fun. The fuck up out of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's super <laughs> fun. Right? Cool. Like, uh, like uh, what yeah, was, that was it? That Capture was, the flag. It was like Unreal yeah. Tournament three, and you just yeah. blow the fuck yeah. up out of everybody and grab uh, the yeah. flag. And <laughs> <Loved it>. so <laughs> yeah, that that game was released on the Unreal Engine. Okay. One. It wasn't called one. It was just the Unreal Engine. Real Engine. Yeah. And it was. You know, it was a groundbreaking engine okay. in its time, which is why the game was so popular. Right. And 
why subsequent games, because they really know what they're doing, why subsequent games on that engine have almost always been pretty great. Pretty so, good, they, yeah. so they own that then? I mean, like, sure, so when a game you know, comes and tries to use their engine, they have to pay royalties? So this and do is all what's interesting. Things? Like this is the thing that I found out about game companies, game studios. Like you get big game studios. You're not necessarily like they're creating good content, right, mm-hmm. for you to experience. But a lot of where their business is associated is in technology, <laughs> right? So what happened with like Unreal is they created a game that was it was basically, you know, capture the flag with a couple of... It was a catch flag being doom. Basically. Yeah. Right? But for us, when we were growing up, that was the thing that we really enjoyed. However, what's happening on the back end is saying, like, yeah, this game is built this way, but the engine allows you to do this. So then other companies are like, well, I want to build a game on that basic engine, that yeah. foundational you know, technology. And so that's where they got a shit ton of money. They sold that's, that technology. They licensed that sec- technology and they grew that technology to do what games are able to do now. That's just crazy to me. It, like, that's it's awesome. Really it's really impressive. But 100%. just like, how do you like, so they pioneered this and they, Patented is like, this is our shit. 100%. People don't really pay attention to you. A lot of UI, UX, um, a lot of AI. A lot type of technology, a lot of technology yeah. being developed within that space. Like a lot of the uh, artificial intelligence algorithms and things that we use today have come from video games. Is this what it's like when I'm talking about films to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> for we, me, we, I understand both ends. Yeah, so. we also get that. So God damn it. So to, so to all this point, all these points... This is why I'm such a big CIG fan. Yeah. Because they're not... Okay, so they're based on the Crytek engine, uh-huh. right? The Crisis, right? Um, and they uh, they went in under the Crytek engine at first. Then they modified the crap out of it and uh, realized that as it stood, it wasn't going to support their game. So they went over to the Lumberyard engine, which is based on Crytek. Um, Crytek threw a big tantrum, uh-huh. tried to sue them, uh, didn't work out. Um, CIG ended up buying a full license from them to use it into infinity, uh, probably just charitably or just to make sure that all their bases were covered so they never could sue them again. Um, but the, uh, the thing I like about CIG is they don't, they're not going to sacrifice quality mm-hmm. for any reason. They're yeah. not going to sell to big tech companies like Microsoft. They are independent for a reason. Yeah. They're, they started, they built that entire company because Chris Roberts went to these big publishers that he had used to, that he used to work for. And they all wanted a bunch of deadlines and a bunch of crap that causes these early pushed releases before a game's really ready. And he just wasn't willing to compromise. So he said, fuck it. I'm going to do it on my own. And I'm going to ask for the people who are interested in this kind of thing to help. And so that's why the people who are in are really in because they all want to see this happen. Yeah. It's not just about the game that they're producing. It's about the idea of how they're making it, you know, completely, completely exposed production. They give you what their teams are working on. They give you their financial reports, everything. Yeah. It's, it's a completely visible company. Yeah. And then they're building this company solely around these IPs for Mm -hmm. now. And the way they want to do business, which is nothing like any other publisher has done. Yeah, that's a really interesting because most publishers want to keep everything in house and not share. Yeah, no, I mean, you could literally look at almost all the nuts and bolts of all of it. 
That's crazy because that's the you know that's the stuff. It's like sharing the secret recipe, basically. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's crazy, man. Well, I mean, and, that's and some balls, by the way, too. It's like, look, at we put all the energy in. If you guys, it's like, you got, there's no way you not. can replicate this. It's like I'm, we know what we're doing, well, right, right? Yeah. Well, and I think ultimately they had planned on uh, releasing a bunch of uh, stuff so that people who wanted to mod the game and use it like on private servers, yeah. could do that. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, that's kind of been in the works for a while. I don't know if it's really still on the shelf, but who knows? Who knows? But, um, yeah, no, that's why the people who are fanatics about this game are so into it because, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny so too, because it's like, uh, I don't know if you catch this a lot, Matt, but you know, people always say, you know, be careful with your idea. Don't, don't <laughs> say your idea, man. Don't tell your idea. Hollywood could be listening. Oh my God. Don't you? I mean, you've heard that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've heard that many, many times. My thought is this, my, when it comes to uh, like, let's say film ideas, mm-hmm. right? My thought is, you know how difficult it is to actually sit down and write a fucking movie? No, it's the fucking worst. By all means, if that person took that idea and actually stole it from me, good on him because he just did a shit ton of work to sell that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not somebody that's going to be like, that was my idea. And I that's all I thought about over a cup of coffee. And I'm going to go get that guy because that was my idea first. Well, and then there's the other aspect of it is that you know every person will tell a story uniquely like my idea i'll say it out loud because i don't care because i know how i'm going to tell it and it would be wildly different from like what you would say or what sean would do like a sensibility is huge right sure it may be yeah absolutely and like yes it may they may have the same idea does not mean the execution is going to be the same like that's so i have no problem someone's like oh what's your idea and i'll just say it it's like i don't fucking care like you're not going to do what I do because you suck, but I'm better. Like, whatever. <laughs> not saying you, by the way. I'm not playing. No, I'm, I'm just saying like, you looked directly into my eyes when you said that. I did because I okay. like to make eye contact with you because I love you. Oh. Um, but yeah, like anybody who asks me, yeah, I'll tell them. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But yes, there are um, horror stories of that. It's And the thing is, it happened a few times. And I mean, it's happened since. But when people get caught, like the damages, like there's been several lawsuits, not several, but a few that were huge and yeah. studios were like, we are not fucking doing that again. That's why there's yeah, but so I mean, that's many... just blatant stealing scripts that right. have been written and done though. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily concepts and ideas for things. Well, that's why the people need now, they have those, you know, you have to sign a waiver or an NDA, whatever you want to call it, release form because... I fucking hate those things, by the way. Well, that's because people, uh, like there's an example, like somebody pitched their idea to like their lawyer or their trainer or whatever. But then the trainer knew somebody and pitched that idea. So the person sued them because they're like, that was my idea. You took it. So that's why they have these in place because there's like these, I mean, people will get pissy and they'll do whatever they want to. If they feel like they've been wronged. Yeah. Um, Imaginary or not. So, I mean, they'll go to fucking any lengths just to get that done. Like I imagine. And that's kind of, look. it sounds first off that it was called Crytek. Is that the name of the company? Uh yes, I believe so. I mean, it sounds like what? a villain company. Uh, they were using the Cry Engine, which made me laugh internally because you're like, <laughs> yeah, they came in, they got after Crytek, and Crytek like threw up their arms, they're mad about it. They were like, yeah, it sounds like a bunch Crytek. of fucking Crybabies. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, so I thought that was funny. Got him. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my actually thought. I lost whatever was fucking following because oh, I was sorry. so happy with us celebrating that little oh, moment. That was good. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I um. I hear a lot of people in our line of work talking about like, be careful. Don't, you know, be careful on who you say things to. Make sure you cover your own ass. Make sure you blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you know, I'm very flippant. 
I'm flippant with sharing ideas at the end of the day because I think if you're at all worth your salt in this business, ideas are a dime a dozen. Oh, absolutely. And you're just like, right. you know, you're just coming up with stuff on the regular. And if again, if anybody was to actually take an idea that I threw out there and actually went through the work to produce and develop and do all those types of things, I'd be like, you know what, man? Good for you. Well, then, and like, man, I don't agree. I mean, oh, <laughs> let's hear what Shawnee Boy has so, to say. Like, so. I'm, I'm sorry. Litigating is really expensive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that I agree with. No, yeah. I just think that, you know, I think it depends. Like, like you said, like if it's like a, if it's an idea, I mean, really. Like what's a germ of an idea? Like what, right? how many steps above the hero's journey is it really? You know, yeah, but that's, I think that's really where it comes down to. But if it's depending on like how much of it is of, of your idea is stolen is, is a big deal. I think like, well, and there's levels. If right? somebody there's took the stories too. I'm trying to tell in my tabletop games and like turned around and produced them, like I'd be upset. Like I put a lot of effort into these stories, even though it's almost exactly the hero's journey, but I'm telling it for, you know, the people at the table. Wait, are you saying like, yeah, if these people you told, if they took your stories and then did it one of them way? told somebody, oh, okay. what I did in my game. And then all of a sudden somebody said, sudden somebody took like my world that I've built, yeah. my characters, my, my, my backstories, my villains and put it into a movie. I'd be like, that fucking shit is mine. Yeah. You know, then again, that's why we record everything. So I have evidence. Yeah. There's always so. evidence. There's, <laughs> yeah. And. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but like uh, another thing I also feel like too is that if someone doesn't share their idea, uh, number one, I don't think they're confident in their idea. It means that they do not want to say it out loud because they, they're scared they're going to find a flaw in it. So yeah. I think that's a big one, and I think that's a huge misstep, uh, especially for anybody who's beginning to write. Red flag. Like, yeah, just pitch your idea. Like if you can say it, someone get, like, get feedback. Get feedback from people. Do not keep sure, it because yeah. you may. There's a great. Um, Blake Snyder, his book, you know, save the cat. He talks about, he had an idea that he was really proud of and he was, but he just wouldn't tell anybody. Like, he wouldn't tell yeah. anybody. And he was on like some radio show, I guess. And he told the guy and it had something, I vaguely remember it had something to do with like Santa Claus, but you know, his wife dies and he has to do something. And as soon as he said it out loud, the guy in the room was like, wait a minute, did you just kill Mrs. Claus in the opening of your movie? And Blake was like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was because he didn't tell anybody. He didn't recognize. Like, that's a huge flaw. Like, don't do that. Like, you're Why not? It turns into a psycho Christmas story. Yeah. How many of those have ever worked? <laughs> I mean, Mel Gibson just released one where he's like supposed we to play some kind of real Santa. Yet. Yeah. But question. Like, ah. A question to you on the Blake Snyder Save the Cat oh, Jesus. stuff. Do you feel that Blake Snyder Save the Cat kind of uh, structure is good? For Hollywood, or is it too formulaic? And you feel, you know, what what's your stance on all this? Because I've heard a lot of different things on both ends. I mean, at the end of the day, even Sean just said it. Like, most things will come down to a hero's journey. That's formulaic. That is still tried and true today. Like, they're done. I mean, Mandalorian does it. It's a Western yeah. space. They've, you know, they've gone different routes, but it's still the same thing. Um, I think... Blake's book is good for beginners. I think to understand if they don't have a good knowledge of story in terms of screenwriting, things like that, I think it's perfectly fine to know it and understand it. I think problems come in when someone is rigid and refuses to like see anything else that mm -hmm. becomes the bigger issue. I think because at the end of the day, 99% of movies are formulaic. There's always, they almost hit every single beat, every single time. Every time. The only difference and I have a buddy who is like adamant. He's like, no, I refuse to do formula. I was like, okay, you'll never fucking make anything. Yeah, you're never gonna produce no, they'll never do anything <laughs> because he, he's like, that takes away the creativity and the whole uniqueness of it. And I was like, no, 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 no. 
you're looking at it wrong because you're still looking at a rigid standpoint. Yeah. It's not the beats you should be focusing on. It's how they get there. You can be creative. Sure, you can yeah. do completely different things getting to those beats. It doesn't mean they have to represent exactly what they are. They can still be hints of it. Right. But how you get there is what makes everything wholly unique. Yeah. I think Preach. when I think about like uh, a lot of structure <laughs> that way is what what I took away from uh, like Save the Cat or The Hero's Journey is mm-hmm. not necessarily looking at it from a space of like this is the, you know, this is God, right? Like, right. But I, you know, I think as we grow up, we understand formula. We understand, you know, the the uh, inadvertently how to tell a story. We, mm-hmm. we do it as kids, right? Yeah. Um, and I think if you can grasp that concept, um, those types of um, structures like the hero's journey or save the cat gives you an opportunity to be like, Oh fuck, I'm stuck. Yeah, absolutely. They're and great. And you're tools. like, they're super good tools to be like, okay, well I'm, I'm roughly halfway through. Well, what can I do here? What's missing that gets me to the next point of the story or yeah. what have you and then you just kind of like okay cool like you know now i need a you know i need a turning point or i need a you know whatever yeah no i think they're absolutely great for that um and i think anybody who says that they're like bad or they're against it i can't stand people and they're like it's too formulaic you fucking do something then please blow <laughs> us know. all away you fucking know, dunce like don't fucking stand over there and be like oh this is like that's although I'm curious what the next evolution of narrative t- storytelling is going to be because like we've spent a lot of years sitting in I'm mean, hard to say right because we've been telling stories for you know millennia now at some you know whatever and I think people will find meaning and juxtapose you know meaning into anything so I think like if we, <laughs> if, we if we watch something like I could probably plot out a movie saying like, well, this is hero's journey and this is where, you know, the, the, the threshold, you know, crossing the threshold is going to the Yeah. You stuff. know, like all the stuff that comes with that. Yeah. Um, and then I can also look at the same fucking movie and say, okay, well, this is the inciting incident and this is the, this yeah. is the jump into two and this is the midpoint and this is the innermost cave and like, like all those types of things, right? Yeah. Like all those things you can literally find. My my thing comes down to worrying that because of that structure that's there over and over and over and over again, is there going to be an evolution of that structure? Uh, in, invariably and inevitably. But when, but well, this is the interesting thing because we've been te- Look, telling, we've been telling stories for just so long now and the actual structure of storytelling has not changed. Just because we've been t- telling the same stories for 10,000 years uh-huh. doesn't mean the 10,001 will be different or not. It won't be different. I think that it. I think that it's possible at any point that we're going to change the way. Stories I mean, my are theory is I this. absolutely disagree. Yeah, with I think my theory. Really? Yeah, my I theory is, is this. Yeah, I think my theory comes down to that the structure of story, those types of things, will pretty much stay very similar. The output in which those stories are told are going to be shifted. I think that's absolutely a possibility. Um, no, that's already happening. With 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 the rise in, I mean, and this is only audio narratives, VR. I mean, right. there's there's I mean, a lot of mediums. Especially, that I, well, I mean, but in the, the last story structure, though, like most of the time, a lot of the storytelling is still very rooted in fucking tricky in your loins. In the loins, that's where story comes from. from. In the last <laughs> in the last fifty or sixty years, in the last fifty or sixty years, it's already changed with the rise of. And I, I mean, I don't need to keep calling back to this, but tabletop. Wise. Tabletop RBGs is a but is a is a community storytelling process. One hundred percent. But my point is is that the storytelling mechanisms, the structure of those stories, 
I mean, you even said it yourself, changed. hero's journey yeah, but, is still... But then you also said mediums. You know? Mediums, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mediums, mediums, will mediums will change. But mediums I think change, inherently, sure. story will remain. I think the basic understanding, hero's journey, first act, second act, third act, that kind of that has been kind of ingrained into human beings over how many years. Like, that's what, like you said, when a kid, not really young kids, because really young kids can't tell a fucking story to save their lives, because they'll run and they'll be like, did you see Danny? And I fucking, I had a pail. And then... Is there ice cream? And and you're like, what the, the thing, fuck though, did you What you're me? hearing right now with that kid is just plot points. Right. They're it's, missing the in-between. He's formulating it. I'm like, they fell, and then ice cream. I'm like, good plot points. How'd you get there? Nice. And eventually, <laughs> they get to a point, and they are able to tell a story. But, like, you know, we all will tell a story where we'll start with something. It will usually escalate, and then, yeah. you know, something big may, may or may not happen. But it usually ends, you know, there is that beginning, middle, end. That will always be right. a story structure right. forever. Right. I, what's interesting enough to I, me is always geared oh, toward Shawnee boy. Yeah, yeah. You're Sean, salty over yeah, there, buddy. What's I, mean, I just, I still He's think, really grunting. No, I just think that it's still possible that it will change. And you guys are arguing that it's impossible. Well, nothing's impossible. That's Let's my be point. Like, that's, that's, like, that's absolutely impossible. impossible. It's absolutely possible I that think it could change. If there is a change, it will be incremental. It will be very, very small. Well, I think it'll it change would, with the interests evolve, of humanity. I think. I think what does that even mean? 100%, right? I think that's the same point yeah. I was about to make because I think we have to evolve as a species in order for Good story luck. to Good luck. We evolve. just had a man in a bison suit go in our state capital. Like, what? <laughs> We're not evolving. I don't think that man belongs to our species. That's, yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, here's, on a completely know, different very, note, I'm, I was so sad to hear. Well, number one, I was elated. That was a bison? I thought it was a yak. Oh, I think I it may have been a yak. Was, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just I said feel like it was a bison. Though. I, I always called him yak man this whole time. That would have made sense. I don't know yaks had that big a Horns. Oh yeah, they're pretty beastie boys. I, they might have bigger horns. But anyway, when he got arrested, <laughs> he was in his in his cell and he was not eating because he only oh, eats organic Lord. food. Yeah, like his mom messaged <laughs> and, and mom literally took said, it to the law. Yeah, and was like, "My son my is son starving because you're not feeding since, him organic yeah. food. My son won't eat. He hasn't and eaten they, since Friday because they won't feed him organic. And they fucking caved. They gave this piece of shit some organic. They gave, they gave, him, gave him organic, organic food. See, the thing they about gave human it to him. Is that they have to be human, right? And I still don't think that man belongs to our species. No, he absolutely doesn't. He's more of like a fucking comment below. You think I'm wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it with that one. Yeah, man. I I have no idea. I have no idea how to handle any of that. But to your point, Sean, I do think that there has to be some form of evolution of our species to um, further the universal. relatedness of people because what makes great story is that there's universal truths, right? Universal truths that connect all of us together, right? Whether it's love or fear or, you know, and, and any myriad of things, but it's, it's a very, it's a very human thing for us to tell stories from that place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Until we kind of evolve further. And I, maybe it's a bit of both of you guys, right? I think Matt, you were saying that it's going to be a slow incremental shift. We, it's probably going to be oh, absolutely imperceivable. Yeah. It won't be, yeah, it won't be tomorrow as, as life progresses. I mean, unless I mean? something happens that will, like enlightens us all. Yeah, no, it, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Aliens come, of, aliens come down yeah. and we basically just watch movies with our eyes closed now and just like burning in the back of our retinas from oh my yeah. God, until, until our, but then again it comes down to mediums but the stories still probably stay the same you know what I mean I don't know if the structure yeah. is going to be any different yeah well, it's, it's, it's whatever whatever squeezes that serotonin out of our egos and ids is what's going to ultimately drive what storytelling is yeah I can see that okay that's fair that's fair right. so when we shift what we're interested in that's when storytelling will shift. Yaks. 
because the one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one, the one irreplaceable truth about all storytelling, all good storytelling is, is this the character's most interesting period in their life? And if not, why aren't we talking about that? Yeah. Mm, so it's whatever interests us. I haven't, is heard, what that story time I haven't heard that in a long time. It's really good to hear. It's actually. a really good sentiment. Look at you. Because the question it arises, goals. right? I mean, we read a lot of stuff. So it's like, why? Why this? Why now? Why now? What, what's, why now? That's right. always the question I ask. Why, why right this moment? What, what, yeah. what is the person? Why do we need to watch this moment in this person's life? And what's going to shift after the end credits for this potential person? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not that good way engaged, of looking at it, if that's not going to be engaging. Then we're not going to be on for the thing. The other thing that a lot Does of people in don't some way realize, support the story where you're telling. Well, and even moreover, a lot of ways, a lot of, a lot of people don't realize that like all storytelling first and foremost needs to be entertaining. Yes. That's it. It's an entertainment medium. You know what I mean? And this is something that I struggle with because I try to like create things that feel closer to life. But guess what? Sometimes life ain't that fucking entertaining. That's why when people are like, my true life story is great. It's like, I fucking doubt it. I doubt it because, yeah, unless it's like, you know, your grandparents were in Auschwitz. I don't know. Like, yeah, unless you like <laughs> dove into the ocean and bare fisted a fucking shark, then like, I doubt it. I don't know. Even that story is not even that like, great. Unless That's you just dove a moment. in to like save your loved one and you fought a shark fucking hand to hand. And like, yeah. maybe that moment maybe. in your life, that moment in your life is great. But ah, your whole life. Right. They're like, I got, I got my leg chopped out by, you know, still the hero's journey. Shark. Still the- <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, our I lives could so. be a hero's journey. Um, Every day, dude. I got out of bed. I made it all the way to work without dying. That's just hero's journey. Where's the crossing of the threshold, though? <laughs> I mean, he crossed like, the threshold. I went into work. Yeah, covers. I went, I went covers. into work. Covers. Went into work. Mm. <laughs> it's just a boring day, though. It, it is. sounds it's like a super yeah, boring day. That's the sad part. <laughs> no, um, but the craft of storytelling is finding and taking a simple moment, like an interaction with your boss for that day. Sure, right. Yeah. Finding an interaction with your boss for that day and dramatizing that to the turn extent. it into Fight Club. Beat the shit out of yourself and then blame it on your boss. Wow. That was a magnificent bit of storytelling. Fight oh, that Club. whole movie is great. I would yeah. say that is the closest I've seen to somebody really bending the way a story is told. Not at all. Really? No. Nah. Ooh. No, they've done that stuff for, I mean, I can't think off of no, the top of my head. I was just about to say, dude, name one other movie I like I can't Fight think Club. of off the top of my head right now, but there is a there is movies that delve into that same type I, of I've watched 15 sure. Groundhog Days. I've watched one Fight Club. No, I mean, I see what you're saying in terms of... It, trust me, they're, they there's, exist. Like, you know, uh, I would say to an extent... Um, Shutter Island is similar to Fight Club in that yeah, okay. you know, it's all psychological. You yeah. know, what is real? What is, is not? Yeah, exactly. And that, that's in to, Fight Club. We get the closure. We you don't get the closure. In, but the irony about Shutter Island and Fight you, Club is they're you. right around the same time, though, as releases. What's that? Shutter Island and Fight yeah. Club. They're around the same time. No, they're they? not. No, Fight Club. No, no not, uh, Shutter Island came out no. way after. Did it? Fight Club was like 97. Yeah, that's Island how old Fight Club is. Holy cow. I think Shutter Island was like 2004 or something around that time. Such a good movie. Oh, I, I mean, that's still one of my favorite lines in a movie ever. I had trouble sticking with Shutter Island until that last scene. Yeah. And the whole movie suddenly was like the most interesting thing I'd ever experienced. You know right. what line I'm talking about, Gary? <gasps> What's that? Do you know what line I'm talking about? What, what line I'm talking about? Sean, you should know. Uh, it's been years since I've watched it's it. It's when, so he's sitting on, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio sitting next to Mark Ruffalo. Uh, and they're like, the, you know, the experiment failed. Is what Spoilers, we haven't seen it by now, but I don't feel Spoiler bad. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, and so... Teddy, which is Leo's character, is going to be lobotomized since, you know, this experimental treatment did not right. work. 
And Marco Levin's talking to him, and Leonardo DiCaprio looks at him, and he says, you know, is it, is it better um, to live as a monster or die as a hero? And so, like, that was that brief moment, and he walks away, and Mark Ruffalo's character's like, wait, fuck, does he know what's happening? And, he, and it, you know, you don't know. Like, did he know that what he did to his family, he just doesn't want to live with that truth anymore, so he wants to be lobotomized? Like, there's so many things. Like, like layers. Could, yeah, like, you mm. don't know, and it's a beautiful line. Yeah, that's a fuck. Yeah, no, it was a great little, like, oh, fuck moment. Well, because it makes the audience be like, what would I do? Ooh. Yeah, because then, you, like, what I want to live with, right? That becomes a oh, central absolutely. question. Absolutely. And the great part is you go back and watch that movie. There's so many things, so many little subtle moments. Oh, yeah. Like, he, you know, he's he has a fear of water. And when they're coming in, like, he's just, like, not... He has the fear of water because what happened to his, you know, what happened to his wife and stuff like that. But he's, like, adamantly avoiding, like, being near the edge, like, not doing any of these things. Uh, when he pulls out his gun, when Mark Ruffalo, like, pulls his gun out, or his badge, I think, actually, he, like, fumbles with it, like, showing, like, he's not... This person, like yeah, he doesn't know how to pull his part. badge out. Yeah, like, he's yeah. A little like little things like that. They're literally throughout. They're fantastic. Yeah, Scorsese does a beautiful job with subtle so details, like the nuances mm-hmm. of what's happening in the scene so well. And then, like to your point, Sean, by the very end of it, you're just like, "What the fuck?" Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, so I would say that that's in line with Fight Club. Um, I could watch that movie a thousand times and still not know what's yeah, because going when on. you start realizing who Tyler Durden yeah. really is, you're just like, "Son of a bitch, oh, you're so good." Had him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Yeah, I just well love. Done. I don't think it was actually in the book. I I don't think it was in the book. I think it was actually worse in the book, to my memory. But the moment when Brad Pitt, um, you know, Tyler Durden's character, like holds up the convenience store owner, like he puts the gun to the back of his head. Okay, that was such a great scene. Yeah. <sighs> so this guy. What did you want to do? Yeah. He's holding a gun to the back of this guy's head. And he takes his wallet and he reads his name. He's like, what did you want to do? He's like, you know, I wanted to be a veterinarian. He's like, okay, I'm going to come back in. I'm going to keep your driver's license. I'm going to check on you. If you are not well on your way to getting your degree, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Such a good. Scene. I mean, and then you know, you find out afterwards when everyone was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, Bad Pit opens the gun. There's no bullets in it. He's like, right. I, you know, and it was just that reminder of like, go live your life. Like, don't right. be don't stuck in this construct. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a great moment. Do you guys feel that way though in your own lives? Do you guys feel like you're kind of stuck in some form of construct? Yeah, the hero's journey. I think we, <laughs> <laughs> every day he's a hero and he's oh, got a God, journey. Yes. Gonna, yeah, I gotta go. Through I'm gonna it, journey man. the hell out of this shit, son of a bitch. Here's my cave. I just um, stay in my cave. <laughs> I mean, for sure. I, my girlfriend sent me this great like little video. And it was basically like it's a personality test. These Enneagrams is what it's called. just like a personality kind of thing. But basically it showed this dude in a business suit. And it was like, it said this number. And it was like their first day of having an actual real job. And this dude was just standing in the ocean in his business suit, like letting the waves hit him. He looks so <laughs> depressed. <laughs> and I, looked, I was like, I relate to this. Like I do not enjoy you know, cubicles, the nine to five, that has never been something that has brought me any kind of comfort, anything. Right. I think a lot of people do enjoy the security and, you know, the routine. I get it. It was never for me. Nah. If I could make decent money doing anything, it wouldn't be sitting in a cubicle necessarily, but I do like that security. Yeah. I think having, having done like, having like run my own business and, and done stuff where I couldn't guarantee tomorrow's paycheck, it was it was a nice turn to have an office job. Yeah, no, so. I totally understand that. <sighs> yes, yeah. what do you have to say there, Rums? I, I sympathize with both of your sentiment, mm-hmm. but I think I lean more towards yours, Matt. Yeah, 
Thank you. I'm glad you've chosen wisely. I, I would prefer the path of, of doing my own thing if, if I could be secure in that. But that's rough. You get well, it. and it comes down to relativity, doesn't it? Because like security is relative to, a, to the person, mm-hmm. right? Some people are perfectly fine just <laughs> living on that edge. Yeah, 100%. Like I got a buddy of mine. I did it for many years. Yeah, not a boy. So I just, I, that's why I'm like, I kind of like the office job now. Yeah. Yeah. You like so. that security? Yeah. I mean, but how do you deal with knowing that the office job that you have is dog shit? <laughs> that's a bit aggressive, but he, he knows what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think ultimately every office job truly is dog shit. Nobody really wants to be doing that job. Um, nobody. No, then anybody, I guess my question for there, you, there though, might be a, a rare few people who, who just fucking thrive on that red stapler, you know, but, <laughs> but no. you know, I don't really think that's, I think that's the exception, not the rule. And I guess so, my question becomes, you know, I, you and I have talked off air um, and you know, you, the people that you potentially work with and those types of things are, are rough individuals, right? And so for me, like my personality is like, why the fuck am I here? I don't care how much money you pay me. No, just no. I don't know. I think that, um, I think that if, I mean, obviously if I could just do creative stuff for a living, Mm -hmm. I I would just, it has the opportunities haven't borne fruit yet. You know, I, I'm working on avenues, but Ultimately, it's a long road. Ahead yeah, of, yeah, and I think that's what deters way too many people from uh, pursuing things. I think yeah. the idea of the struggle and things like that, but that necessarily doesn't have to be the case. Like you can still have a normal nine to five and still pursue these things until it comes to fruition. It may be longer. Yeah, the yeah. Path and it is may different. not be. Yeah, the path will be different, but you can still pursue. I I think that's what gets me is when I know people who have ambitions to do something else. Like everybody who does, he does really well. The company he works for, he like makes decent money, um, takes care of his family. Really, but he he wants to write. Every time I see him, I was like, "How's the writing going?" And he's like, "Oh, you know," and he, and he just he, sadly he never makes the time for it. That's yeah, that's, that's a really easy trap to fall into. Very easy. Yeah. And I think that's probably the that's worst soul killer. To, that's an easy trap Maybe to fall though. into if that's all you do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's also the, I mean, you got to have other, you know, hobbies. I bet you Well, easy now. I'm happy with it. Yes. It does beg the question, though, is like, how bad do you really want it? <sighs> I mean, uh, I don't want it bad enough to give up the security of a regular job. 100%. So it's not. But I want it. You don't want I want bad. it bad enough to do it in parallel. But so. you don't want it bad enough. This is my thing. Most people. I'm not going to light my whole fire on uh, my whole my whole life on fire over it. No. Well, not only that, but here, here's the here's the real get up. Okay. You, what would be the perfect creative job for you, Sean? And I'm I'm not singling you out as just a good example for this. Well, I mean, there's only one other person in the room, so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's tough. Uh, I really enjoy a lot of different aspects of the creative life. All right, so let's move it, to Sean. I mean, let's move to Matt. Then. It's, yeah, oh, it's tough it's for me to just nail down one. But yeah, yeah, pick Matt first. Okay. So my my point is this. Oh, and, you fucking you're already. Me? Well, hold on, hold on. I'm prefacing because uh, you're already doing this stuff. This sure. is what I admire about you very oh, thanks, much babe. is that I know what you want to do. If you could do one thing creatively that fuels you and gives you a livelihood, what is that thing? 
Mm, screenwriting. Screenwriting, right? 100%. And here's the thing, though. You're somebody that does have a job that's just kind of, you know, it's it's money, it's work, so you can pay rent and do the things that you need to do to survive mm-hmm. in order to afford you the opportunity to write. Absolutely. Right? The difference that I found between you and somebody else is that you set the time aside and you still work towards that goal. Oh, yeah. And most people do not do that. Which is, you know, strange to me. Like, and I get that people have families, like, for sure. But there's other, um, fuck, his name is David Keppelman. I can't remember which screenwriter it is. He created Billions. um, Okay. And so, like, he first started screenwriting when he was married and had kids. He would get up at, I think, like, 4 or 5 o'clock, and he would dedicate two hours every morning to writing. Like, you know, it's just about making that time. And... Uh, one thing that is maybe good, maybe bad is I'm also willing to like really run my body into the ground in order for it. Like I will stay up until like three or four in the morning, get like three hours of sleep and go to work. If I'm in a good writing mode, I won't stop that. Like I refuse to. Yeah. 100%. I, for my, you know, for me, I, if it doesn't fit in my morning, I won't do it later. Mm -hmm. You know, if the inspiration strikes, eh, you know, but I have a very creative job Mm -hmm. that I get a lot of my soul points from in general. Right. Right. But at the same time, you know, I have dreams and aspirations of like directing my own feature and doing those types of things. And I'm working towards that space, but you, you are like, I've, I'm very fortunate and I'm knocking, you know, on wood that I get to stay in this position, but like I'm in my creative element. I'm, you I'm, seem I'm, very happy, which is a fun <laughs> thing to finally fucking see. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm stoked with the work that I'm doing. I feel, you know, uh, excited about the work that I get to do, you know, all those types of things. It may change over the next eight months. I don't fucking know. But right now it's exactly all the stuff that I've been working towards, you know, so I'm right. putting a lot of my energy and doing really well in that space. However, um, for you, it's nice because I don't think a lot of people really understand the amount of sacrifice and energy that you put into the the task mm-hmm. that you really want to accomplish. Because, for instance, Sean, right? Like, say, for instance, you really wanted to take a career in... I don't know. Let's just use screenwriting as a as an example, right? I think I think the closest thing I'd probably be into is uh, some level of production. Like, like, like being a producer, like making sure that the shit gets done. Right. So fine. Let's take that as two example. You're, you have a nine to five day job, right? Mm -hmm. You, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of assumptions here, but we'll take it as it is. Let's say you Let's wake play up. Believe. <laughs> Let's say you wake up nine a.m. You know you got to be at work oh, this by is ten. Make believe. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm you, still not you awake need, today. You need to be at work by ten a.m. You work a solid, you know, ten to six. Right? You have an hour lunch in between, but then you come home. But this is your dream and your aspiration is to produce content, to produce something. Mm-hmm. But yet you come home, you have dinner, you play video games for this and night. To me that aspiration was not as strong as you want it to be. So it's not that important. Maybe it's in the back of your mind. So I think that, you know, okay. So what's your point of this? Uh, my, my point is, is most people to, to most make pe- a dig at me. No, 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 no. Most people uh, talk just, yeah, exactly. They have this right. aspiration to do something, but they don't do the actual work 
to actually make it come to fruition. There's a lot of excuses centered around it. Well, I'm, you know, I work nine to six or whatever, you know, I have this yeah. type of stuff. I no. got a lot of stuff I'm doing. I got a lot of other things that I'm doing. Right. But yeah, this is the thing that I really want to do. And there's a lot of things that get in the way of actually accomplishing the thing that they want to be doing. Right. This is the thing that I haven't heard from you, Matt. Like there is not one that like you will ditch me <laughs> in order to go right. Oh, yeah. yeah and that is the day. difference. Right. And I don't but it doesn't bug me one I, bit yeah, you you know what I mean? because I get it. Right. So for me, I think that I kind of am pursuing a little bit more of my creative life than mm-hmm. I think is even I generally give credit to myself for because. I've I worked construction most of my life. Yeah, Jesus. you know I, I did. Uh, I mean, since literally since I could walk, my dad's been teaching me how to build houses. Right, and so I mean, I tell people I've got I'm 38. I've got 30 years of experience building houses. <laughs> I can nice. build a house from the ground up. Slave I have labor. all of that knowledge. Nice. Um, cheap labor and hell yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, child labor laws were not the same in the 80s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even if they were, they weren't. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Um, the uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, I dropped that. Uh, I dropped basically a steady income that was mine, that uh, I got to choose. Yeah. Uh, in a job that I ran for myself with employees that I hired, and um, I literally just gave it away because I got a job working somewhat like industry adjacent. I don't uh-huh. want to say industry adjacent because we work with production companies all the time. Right. I'm in the industry and now I'm doing work that is creative work for that company because I'm doing graphic design. I'm doing uh, social media marketing, things like that. And in a way I get to tell the story of our company and be, and create imagery that is the face of the company. So I'm sure. doing art. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of fuels some of that creative need in my nine to five. Sure. Which I, you know, chose over, Doing, doing the construction and breaking my body all the time, huh. which was my crutch. Yeah. And now when I am done with that and I get home, I'm also world building. I'm right. also telling stories. I mean, I've, I've got three or four different um, avenues for creative storytelling and in writing and, but, and this is, and this is my point. So, and I, I hope you don't take just this thought experiment. This is a personal me. affront. To me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm realizing. If I, I'm if realizing. I were about 150 pounds lighter, I would be leaping over this table. at yeah. you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. But, but in all, you know, again, this is not an attack. This was just really a thought experiment to sure, what, yeah. what I normally hear a lot of times. It's oh yeah. Like, no, super common. Right. So most people I, say, I said those I words wanted, to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've said the same to you. Like, you know, I think at some point we've all done it, although I don't think Matt has, by the way. (laughs) No, because I'm not a bitch. Oh, my God. No, I mean, like, I think when you first met me, I was doing the construction and it was holding me up from pursuing more creative works because I could rely on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, actually, I want to say one thing um, just to comment on what you said earlier today. I get that people... I've had people in my life say, like, you've sacrificed a lot. You know, you've sacrificed certain things. To me... But have you? Yeah, here's the thing. I've never seen anything that I've done, whether it be like leave behind, this is going to sound real bad, like, you know, ex-girlfriends, when I moved, doing all those other things. I never saw it as a sacrifice because I always put this, like my purpose, whatever you want to call it, first. I always do. I hate that fucking word, dude. I hate that fucking word in creative endeavors. I mean, you say that you were living your best life? No, I wouldn't even say I'm living my best life. real truth? Because I go through a lot of, you know, emotional shit, you know, dealing with like failure, whatever you want to call it. But I've never seen any time that I've invested into it as a sacrifice, which is always interesting when people 
Because in reality, it kind of is. I'm sacrificing my time when I could be spending it with people and like doing other things. So I get it. But for me, it's never felt like a sacrifice. It's always felt like an investment. You know, yeah. it's going to come back. It's going to pay around. But also it just brings me joy doing it. Well, and that's the interesting thing, right? Because language is really important as you're journeying into these types of endeavors. Is right. People outside that don't understand this creative life, they think about it as a sacrifice. Right. Or a hobby. <laughs> Or something. They never take it as seriously as we should be taking it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. To your point, I, I love the switch in terminology. It's not a sacrifice. It's an investment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That is, a, that is a very powerful distinction. Thank you. You know? Um, it's my balls was, flapping against ooh. that comment. <laughs> <laughs> he has some very hefty balls in case anybody's Dude, wondering. Very meaty. I watched a lot of rabbits. It's so meaty. Um, yeah, and, you know, and we all we all kind of had them, right? We've all had those types of excuses that says I can't, and I should, and I shouldn't, and I wouldn't, and I do, and I don't, and Just didn't get around to it. You know, and there's always that delicate balance of like beating yourself up for not doing these things, but yet, you know, the the our culture tells us like, well, you need to have balance. You uh, need to have balance. You need to balance out your life. You know, you know. That's why I'm here tonight. It's like Jesus <laughs> Christ. Because this is his. Balance. This is my investment right here. Yeah. No, well, this I, is and this is great. This it's is emotional. Is, like it's emotional investment. It's like you know you give sure. so much. Like this is the come around. But yep. Yeah, I mean, I fucking hate society for the most part, like Dude. in all the constructs. <laughs> as I've fuck gotten people. older, all of you people as I've listening, older, it's been fuck rough. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just it's you start to realize the hypocrisy of oh, what yeah. people say versus what people do versus the societal norms, and then the actual media extrapolation mm-hmm. of those things. Mm-hmm. And I just get into this way of just like, fuck you, preach. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. you know, there's, you know, people keep preaching, you know, especially in jobs. It's like, you know, the security, you want to have it. <laughs> you know, we've all seen these different things of like, oh, this is your, you know, this is how life goes. I think I saw one and it was Pearls Before Swine. And what does that mean? It's a comic. So it's a comic, it's a comic strip. strip. Oh, and that's great. This one dude, uh, the main kid, the little boy, pig, I can't remember what it is. I think his pig is his friend, I think. Anyways, the pig comes up and he's got this like cardboard spaceship and he's like, hey, do you want to go to Mars with me? And the friend was like, no, I, I can't. I got to do homework. And he's like, why? He's like, well, you know, I got to do homework so I can get good grades and then I can get into a good college. He goes, but why? Well, you know, after college, I need to work through that and get even more grades and I can get a decent job. Okay, but why? He's like, well, you know, once you get a decent job, you can make good money and then you can have a family. Okay, but why? He's like, well, then you have a family and then you provide for them and then you have a legacy and then you die. And they both just, <laughs> sta- they both just stare at each other in the next panel. And the very last one is them like flying through imaginary Mars. It's oh, so I want, good. I want that printed and put on my wall. It's well, so well, that, good. That's what I want. want. Face. Dude, it is that, so is a, good. that is so good. Just that realization at the very end where they both just stare at each other. And then like, well, and that's it. the reason why I chose not to have kids, dude. No, to be honest with you. No, absolutely. And like, it, not it, enough as anybody having kids. Really. I mean, like, and I think fucked. that speaks to that machine aspect of like societal. It's like, you know, you just feed into it. You feed the machine, whatever you want to call it. Um, but not really understanding that, and we've had this conversation before on this, people don't understand enough that they are going to die. Dude, I don't think people yeah. realize that enough. Yeah. And they spend and it's something s- I think on the daily. Yeah. and they, <laughs> I really do. Like, I'm like, you're going to die. Is this what you yeah, want to do? You stand you up want- and you're out of breath. Yeah. No. <laughs> I love you. Don't give me that. <laughs> so, oh my God. I mean, here's the thing. If I die, it's because Gary beat the shit out of me. So that is a real thing. Um, 
Oh, he looks no, so I, I think I, I think I come. I contemplate. Actually, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> it's because I love you. No, I. Just, you know what's the saddest part about those types of statements is like there's a lot of truth behind them. Realizing that you're like a big enough dude that people are just like you're probably gonna die of a heart attack. No, I never but said I, that. You didn't have to, but that was oh. subtextual. <laughs> that was not even subtext. It was a joke. You said it was implied. It was very much implied, which I'm, I'm totally okay with. I'm not gonna hate you about it. It's but probably it does, accurate. One hundred percent. And, oh, that's, and that's the point that I'm just like, God damn it, I gotta lose some fucking weight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you're also like you exercise. I've exercised with you. You're yes. much better. Like you're much stronger and fitter than I am in that regard. Like eh. I don't think you're like it takes a lot of strength to carry around an extra person all day. Oh, <laughs> I should know because that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, literally am twice as big as I should be. Anyways, I think people forget that we're going to die. He's like, I'm, so, this is uncomfortable for me. No, yeah, yeah, like, the only, the only skinny guy in the room is getting nervous. I know. He's like, where's David? Of course, I'm starting to where's look like a fucking David? corn on the cob. Um, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> man, yeah, I was gonna say Christmas ham. Uh-oh. Rum ham. Rum ham, no. Oh, rum ham. <laughs> um, yeah, brown sugar in your cracks. Oh, buddy. Oh, Don't tease me with a good time. I think people really forget that. So they like will get stuck in these. Um, situations they don't want to be in because they think yeah. they're providing for something that never really comes. Yeah, because yeah, tomorrow comes too soon and uh, then it goes away and the next day comes and goes and then it's then just eventually it just, you don't get that next and day and then eventually you die. I read <laughs> an interesting article having a couple never of gone back. to imaginary Mars. Exactly. Uh, I read an interesting article a couple of months back that was talking about um, these centurions. If you don't know what a centurion is, basically somebody that's lived life over a hundred years old, and they were talking about the things. Oh, we're talking that about Romans. Regretted. I did too. <laughs> there was a they were they were talking about the things that they regretted the most. Yeah, and majority of them regretted the things that they didn't try to do. Oh, that shit breaks my heart. By the way, bro, I oh, was hearing that. I was like reading this damn thing, and I was just like, oh. But it does beg the question, right? Like one of my biggest fears in life is getting to my deathbed Mm -hmm. and then looking back at the things that I didn't do or didn't try to do. And then it's just too late at that point. There's a, oh fuck, he's a a motivational speaker. Sorry, I'll let you go to the show, my bad. No, no, that's okay. But he has a great line where, um, or there's a couple lines. One of them, you know, said the most, uh, the most intelligent place ever is a graveyard because there are ideas there that will never ever come to fruition because people didn't act on them. And then the other one he was talking about is like, do you want to be on your deathbed surrounded by the ghosts of your ideas all pointing at you and saying you were supposed to bring us to life? Why didn't you do it? Oh God, I want to cry. Right? I actually started getting a little (laughs) emotional saying I'm starting to get a little watery here, man. That's crazy. But you know, it's a good reminder of like, you're the only person, you know, go back to storytelling in general. Like you're the only person who can tell this story from your perspective. Don't worry about people taking your ideas. Like, go tell your story, whatever yeah, it may just be. Just do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. My girlfriend called me the other day and I had just gotten out of the shower and she's like, oh, yeah, how was it? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it was 45 minutes of contemplating my own mortality. Oh, and, the uh, shower is the best place. And, uh, you know, just uh, kind of spiraling inward into the infinite void that is my mistakes. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> and it's like, and she's like, oh, well, that sounds I'm nice. Glad I called. And she's like, what do, what uh, do you mean? Yeah, like you could hear like the, should I even ask? Do I want to know? Yeah. And I was just like, well, you know, I was just sitting there thinking about, you know, how eventually I'm going to be dead and will it have been enough? Oh, buddy. Will I have done enough? Will my life have been enough? Question though. Oh, cause I have the same, I have the same vibes where the answer comes from. 
right? Who who's answering that? Me, right? I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. What's enough? What's enough to me? And that that was the that was actually part of the 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 quandary was. Like if you died right now, would you be stoked? No. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine asking somebody that and be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." I think no. I mean, look, yeah. I, I've got a, I've got a wonderful woman in my life. I've yeah. got family who loves me. I've got great friends. Yeah, I have a pretty decent life. I've done a lot of things that I'm very proud of, but I haven't done enough. Yeah, I, You're just I not done yet. My life has not been enough yeah. for me. Yeah, by my standards, I have so much more that I want to achieve. Because again, just like you say, I don't want to be surrounded by the ghosts of my ideas that I didn't bring to life. Yeah, that's I'm right such a fucking perfect way of putting it uh, yeah well not may i get credit to the dude no no yeah but thank you thank you for bringing that to the <laughs> yeah, table because that's exactly what it feels like is i have all these things swimming around me in my mind and i'm like I'm one of those people i can see the bigger picture so i see like i i can almost i can practically see the ideas swirling around me in three-dimensional space and i they're almost always just out of reach because i'm too busy doing other shit yeah you know mm-hmm. but um I've, I've really tried in the last, I'd say probably year to focus more on that Avenue. Yeah. Good. So, which is why I'm, you know, trying to make this game system. It's why I'm trying to write new stories and world build because I mean, I think that's part of what I want to do. I'm a yeah. big picture guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, go back to your question though, guys. I think yeah. like what you said, like, Sean, you're like, you know, I, I know what is enough. Is there enough? Like, is that a it's reality for either right? of you? I don't know. That's that's know. another very good question. There's a, what was it? Fucking existentialism. Man. Ah, here we go. <laughs> Get deep, y'all. Yeah. We're only an hour and a half in. Just kidding. let's take the drugs. Oh, I'm in. I got acid in the freezer. Holy shit. Let's uh, <laughs> trip balls. Yeah, dude, I'm in. Never done uh, that. Never done acid? Come on. Acid. Mushrooms. Eight, no eight, acid. eight hours. Eight to 12 hours. No I mean, I, j- just kidding if my boss is listening. Yeah. We can edit that out in post. <laughs> Leave it. I like living on the edge now. Oh, nice. So, what was your question again, Matt? I mean, do you think <laughs> there is a point? I think some people have it. Uh, I don't personally. I don't know if I do. Is there like something that you're like that will be enough? Like, when you get to a point, you're like that is enough for me. You know what's funny about that is, I think uh, in a lot of ways, like uh, I just watched the movie Soul. You ever, you have yeah, you, the, great movie. The, the, the new Pixar movie that just kind of came out. Jamie Fox, really entertaining, actually. Super good, man. I don't you, understand how kids will grasp it. There's no fucking way. But I think they will more than you think. Um, and I think every time they watch it, they'll gather. They'll gather that something I can different see. Over, yeah. over years, right? As you download the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I loved about that movie, though was you have this main character that is going through this existential moment in his life. He's a 40 year old, 40 plus something year old um, music teacher who has this aspiration of being a jazz musician in the limelight. Right. And in the process, spoiler alert guys, you know, he ends up dying. Yes. Well, I haven't seen this, but Hey, great. Well, he dies in, like it's the in first the first trailer. 12 dude. minutes. Yeah. It's in the trailer. He technically man. dies. Now like ruined 13 minutes of the film yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, he goes through this giant journey to get back to the gig that he finally was working his ass for. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the very end of that moment, he plays and it was the most amazing thing that he's oh. ever done. And he gets outside and the lady goes, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll do it again. And he goes, huh? Yeah. Because what's interesting about that moment was that he gave so much of himself to, you know, if, if I just get here, if I just get oh, to this place, yeah. if I, am I just able to 
be here, do this thing, then I will be complete and whole and my life would be meaningful. And he gets there and he just says, I thought it'd be more. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking moment, actually. And, and it's a beautiful That's, fucking oh moment, dude. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is such a beautiful because fucking moment. Because of the realness moment. in it. Yes, because I think that's what it would be like, though, right? Like, yeah. if if we all sat here right now and we got to a place and we started saying, like, you know what? Um, you know, if I made my movie and I and I got the award and I got these types of things and I sold my feature film and I and I made this game that fucking thousands of people were fucking stoked on and all that stuff. And you'd get to that moment and you would go... What's next? Uh, yeah, that's the problem. I think it's relative. I think I don't well, think anything's ever done. Yeah, I don't think humans, life is never done. I don't think we are ever actually done. I mean, I'm, and you know, it's funny. I, I, it's probably a very youthful point of view for us to say that because Maybe. there's a lot of old people out there who are like, you know, I, I've done it. I'm good. I'm old. I've there's had a lot a good of the life. world, man. There's I'm a ready lot to of go. The world. I mean, uh, I was just talking with a buddy of mine, and we were talking about a friend of ours from high school who's. Um, whose dad is uh, in his seventies has COVID, yeah, and uh, you know he's he's good with it. He's just like, look, if if it takes me, it takes yeah, me. If it takes me, I, what Jesus am I going to do? Take the wheel. I mean, his his uh, his his wife passed away a little while oh, ago. Not not like recently. I mean, it's been years. But yeah. he's like, I'm not going to remarry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to start a new career or learn anything else. I'm, if I go, I've had a good life. Yeah, I th- fuck it. And I don't. And this may sound callous, but like I think I don't know if there's a difference in that kind of horrible situation where you know the inevitability. Like, there's nothing else you can do. I think there is some people, not everybody, but I think some people would be like, okay, I'm okay with this. There's yeah. nothing I can do. This is the reality. If I go, I go because this is out of my control. Except that's a practice, though, dude. Yeah, and that's I mean, he may have practice. gone through the stages of grief, you know, prior to that. He may have already experienced certain things. I think he, he I think that's what we do. I mean, yeah, we we the, yeah, we all go through the yeah, we all go through the five stages. Uh, I mean, I mean, you don't go through all of them. You you know, sometimes you'll go through a few and you get there. But I mean, you'll ultimately reach acceptance. Yeah, like that's just a part of it. I wonder if that's like why we die because we actually accept that we're going to. Well, yeah. I mean, there's also cases like what was it? What? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's like couples who like you know their partner, elderly couple, it's their the partner sixth. passes away, and the other one just doesn't want to go on anymore, and their body just slowly shuts down. The sixth yeah. stage. of My wife deals with couples like that death. all the time. That's <laughs> like that's a very real thing. Yeah, my wife as a physical therapist, you know, she works in the um, geriatric geriatrics population. Yeah, and she, we've we've had many many uh, patients of hers that older and they passed away and very very recently right after their significant other passes away yeah it's yeah. just like that you know not, they don't have that desire anymore it's like you know the person whoever brought me joy um whatever it may be the person they just choose they're like i'm okay if i want to go now if it quit i know what i think about this but i'm gonna ask you guys if in our lifetimes they find a way to truly transfer your consciousness. Ooh. Not like make a copy of your consciousness to live on after you expire and everything's black for you and that thing gets to go on pretending it's you. But I mean... <laughs> Thank you. That's what I keep telling people. I'm like, you realize that this theory doesn't work. It's not really you. Right. Just Star Trek transporters, by the way, are the fucking scariest thing ever. <laughs> but that said, um, if they found a way to truly transfer your consciousness, the real you to another thing that is say like a robot or something that you could then live through and continue on living into an ad infinitum. Would you No, hard? No, 
you don't want to live forever? No, absolutely not. I think that's what makes this has been used for it. And I, but I absolutely agree with you. I think that's what makes life worth living is because it does end. If you live forever, there's no point. What is the point of experiencing something? If you, if you can just do it whenever you want and get back to that point, you live because you die. Gary. I think the fear of death in me says, yes, I want to live forever. Right. But I think Matt, you make a good compelling point that because this life is finite, like the moment that we're in right now is existing right now and we'll never have this moment ever again. Right. You get what I'm saying? And I think because life is fleeting, I think if you can pull your head out of your ass, (laughs) very difficult. And you can be present with like where you're at and understand that like every moment that we get is um, precious. And I hate using that word, but it, it really um, describes that. I mean, you're right. I don't know if I could live forever. Yeah. I just, want to. I know. Sean, what do you think? I could. Oh, and, uh, here, oh. and here's why. And here's why. Because, you know, that fear of had my life been enough wasn't, did I do enough? Did I experience everything? But because I have this infinite curiosity of what comes next. Sure. Um, because I want to see new things. Because yeah, I mean, sure. I, I want to see what's on the strong. horizon of time. Sure. And I want to go there and I want to touch it. Well, if you die now, then you just get reborn later. So whatever. You just time traveled. I'm just saying like, you know, <laughs> if, if it's an option for me to live. And I mean, uh, assumably or assumedly or presume it, the word for that is there. Somebody help me. <laughs> it exists in that, you know, you know presumably. So, Presum- right. Yeah, presumably. I presume that at some point if I chose to have uh, theoretically my consciousness transferred into a robot body that I could also then choose when I'm done. Yeah, but then my questions come down to, well, what's the job of your robot that's going to keep you going? Are you just chopping up fucking carrots? Well, I mean, for this a is a hypothetical situation. A, hypothetical. I, my question it depends on the quality of life, though, whatever that life is, right? Because I think if you're going to live forever, are oh, you I mean, yeah, living, if I'm a, if, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, for me, questions become like, are you going to live in a functional of, body? Of, yeah. Well, not, well, he's talking about positioning his body let's, into it. Let's call it, let's call it a cybernetic replace, a surrogate body for you. Right. You get to be mobile. You get to interact with other people or creatures or Feelings, whatever. Emotions, aliens that have inhabited the, the world by then. of life though. As I don't know, I mean, similar to what we have now. I mean, I mean, sure, I think why not? My other question would be like, my body's so better than what I have. <laughs> <laughs> Your body's perfect the way you are. How dare you? My I, question, though, I mean, it'd be an upgrade for some of us, you know. Oh boy, I have arthritis now. Oh Jesus, I'm good. Actually. If all yeah, I, I need to do news. is, you know, bust out the oil can to to get things moving <laughs> right again, tin man over here, then I'm good. Yeah, just put a little uh, graphite powder in those joints and yeah, move like, on. Ready to go. See, I think the hardest part probably and. Gary and I can't speak to this would be children. You would grow. They would go. You would have to see them die, but it's, yeah, like I would, a world, I would assume though, that I would assume though that do it with him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that if I could do it within my lifetime, my what son could also really it was only kids, you. What if it was though? only you? If uh, only you could do that it. vampire syndrome. Yes. If you were like yeah, a I'd vampire, I'd wait you and see, would, I would wait and see what happens at the end of the world. You would be willing to watch your child grow old and die. It would hurt, but yeah, it would. Wow, I'm savage dude over here. I respect yeah. the honesty, my man. I, 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 All right. My, my present goal is to outlive everybody I know and love. 
Whoa. Because I never want to be, I never want them to live in a world where they have to grieve me. Oh, that could be another question for another time. Just the That's idea of like, who do you want to go for? I don't want, I don't I want people to grieve question. me. That's a very interesting statement. I mean, like I've, and I've told people, everybody who knows and loves me, I've always said, look, if I ever get to a point where I'm a pain in the ass, put me in a home and forget about me yeah. because Damn. I wouldn't, I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. I don't want to be a burden Aww. by living or dying. Yeah. And so for me, uh, I mean, you know, I'd rather be there to support everybody I know through their natural life cycle. And then, you know, I'll miss them. I'll mourn them. But, uh, I mean, really, ultimately, I'd rather me have to live with that pain than them. Mm. It's a very selfish and selfless thing. <laughs> I fully plan on if there's ever a possibility that I'll donate my brain at the end of my life, you know, like, Hey, can you put me in that? Yeah, I'll test it, please. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go next week. Anyhow. I mean, <laughs> what's the worst that happens? I go a few yeah. days early or I get to I live get forever. Work a few days early, whatever. <laughs> or, or I get to live forever. One of the two flip the coin. Let's go. Oh boy. That's shit, man. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, speaking of coming to the end, it is that time boys. It's been about, it's been a good one been a good one we talked a lot of things it's a little sad without david but uh i still enjoy you fools you rest in peace buddy There's a <laughs> he went yeah. now we carry the bird. <laughs> we had to podcast on without him that's true Aww. but he'll be back next week don't worry indeed he'll be back we'll be back everybody be good live life make sure it's enough we out